From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Washington Watch. Coming up, is the administration's messaging on the economy matching reality? We are in that period of transition uh, right now. I think it's uh, the analogy is to running legs of a race where we ran the first leg of this race at an extraordinarily fast clip. Uh, that has served us well in terms of positioning us in a stronger position than virtually any other country in the world. That was the White House director of the National Economic Council, Brian Deese. Now, congressional Republicans say the numbers tell a different story. Gross domestic product is down one and a half percent in the first quarter of this year. Seventy five percent of Americans think the country is on the wrong track. I don't know how many signals you need from the American people that something needs to happen differently. That was Missouri Senator Roy Blunt at yesterday's Senate Republican leadership press briefing. We will take a look at the economic policies as well as the outcomes of the Biden administration with Oklahoma Senator James Langford. We'll also get an update on the Democrats' effort to codify the court's redefinition of marriage in the law. And while the economic woes of Americans garner platitudes and promises, the actions of the Biden administration once again reveal their priorities. The White House proposing new rules for the, for the Department of Health and Human Services that would erase Trump administration guidelines that protected the conscious rights of health care workers. Now, we'll get the details from Illinois Congresswoman Mary Miller a little later here on Washington Watch. And... I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And wearing a mask. That was Vice President Harris introducing herself yesterday at a roundtable discussion about the effects of overturning Roe v. Wade, giving her pronoun preferences. Well, you might remember Brenda Lebsack. She was a teacher who was on Washington Watch a couple of weeks ago talking about her experience at the National Education Association's annual meeting. Now, the California teacher and former school board member was suspended by her union after expressing her preferences on pronoun preferences. She got the boot for exposing the insanity of the union's focus. She joins me with her response later here on Washington Watch. And again, while the nation's economy swings toward recession, the Biden administration and congressional Democrats are focused like a laser on other matters. We are committed to being uh, not only continue to be aggressive, but to continue to ramp up our response to this virus and protect communities in the United States that have been most affected by monkeypox. That was Dr. Ashish Jha, White House COVID-19 coordinator earlier this week. The administration is talking with congressional Democrats about allocating nearly $7 billion, that's with a B, dollars to respond to the monkeypox outbreak. Now, we discussed this earlier on the, on the program this week about the fact that 98% of cases are among men who have sex with men. Now, is there more behind this? We're going to talk with Dr. Robert Malone here on Washington Watch. And speaking of outbreaks... Had we known that then, the insidious nature of spread in the community would have been much more of an alarm and there would have been much, much more stringent uh, restrictions in the sense of very, very heavy encouraging people to wear masks, physical distancing or what have you. 
That was Mr. Science, Anthony Fauci, yesterday. We'll add that to the mix as well today. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Certainly encourage you to visit that website. And there's contact information for our guest where you can follow up with them and thank them for being on Washington Watch. And be sure, if you've not yet visited Washington Stand, the site for news and commentary from a biblical perspective, that's WashingtonStand.com. Our word for today, coming from the Stand on the Word Bible reading plan, is Psalm 73, 26. And it reads as follows, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, troubled by the apparent prosperity of those who opposed God and his people, the psalmist there was shaken by the fact that he had almost, almost lost heart by what he was seeing until he went into the temple and gained an eternal perspective. We each need to have that eternal perspective. To join us in our journey through the Bible, visit frc.org slash Bible. You can also join me each morning at 8.44 a.m. for a brief devotional based upon the daily Bible reading plan. You can find it at TonyPerkins.com. As I mentioned, the White House continues to stick to its guns, insisting that America is not headed into a recession, even if Thursday's economic report shows a second consecutive quarter of negative growth, which typically is the marker for a recession. And the Biden administration officials continue to claim that they have, quote, made historic strides and that America is in, quote, a better position as a result of the policies they've taken. But is anyone buying that? Joining me now to talk about this and more is Senator James Langford of Oklahoma. He serves on five Senate committees, including the Finance Committee and the Committee on Energy and Natural Resources. Senator, welcome back to the program. Tony, good to be with you again. All right, I'm just going to be straightforward here. Does the messaging of the administration on the economy match reality? No, it doesn't match reality. It's it's interesting. They're trying to tell people that are paying more for gasoline, more for eggs, more for bacon, uh, more for lumber, more for housing, more for uh, their natural gas, that you're really not in a recession, so you should feel better about it. So basically, don't label it. Uh, People know what they are feeling. They're feeling terrible at this point uh, about their own personal finances. They're frustrated with what's actually happening in the economy. And the Biden administration is trying to say, well, don't label it something bad. Just live with what we have at this point or trying to say, hey, we're better than other countries. When quite frankly, this was sparked in March of 2021 when the Biden administration and Democrats put out a two trillion dollar package. It drug us into this high inflation, which drug the rest of the Western world into high inflation. So literally, this administration caused this issue. It's the it's the famous if America gets a cold, the rest of the world gets pneumonia uh, because we have such an effect on the rest of the world. We drug the world literally into this high inflation circle. And uh, now they're trying to say, but look, everyone's even worse than we are. Of course they are. But this administration, their policies caused it. When you look at the, as you mentioned, the cost of gasoline, the energy cost, the inflation, it's not like this is something that's going to affect uh, citizens, you know, five years from now in their retirement account or something. This is real. It's now. And the concern I think the Democrats have, certainly this administration, is this uh, is going to be reflected in the November polls, that people are going to be able to vote about the economic policies of this administration come this fall. As well, they should. Uh, the latest polling that came out this morning showed 78 percent of the people in the country think we're on the wrong track. Seventy eight percent. That is a historic high number 
from the people across the country just saying, I don't, I don't know everything about what's happening in the country, but this doesn't feel right to me. We're on the wrong direction uh, as a nation. And I think people will respond to that. Now, this is not some sort of glee as a Republican to say that Democrats are going to lose an election. This is the reality of where we are, that people now know we have got to change direction as a country uh, because the policies that have been put in place are taking our nation in a much much different direction than what we've been. And each individual person feels it in their own spending and their savings. They're trying to buy a house or a car or just get access to a new job. And they're having a tougher and tougher time with that. That isn't accidental. That's not just a, a result of Russia and Ukraine or of COVID. This is a direct result of policy decisions that were made by this administration that have led to these problems in the country. And you're right. The country's going to make a decision this November. Is that the right direction or wrong direction? Well, talk specifically about one that I know affects Oklahoma, because when I was uh, in, in high school between uh, in the summers, worked in the oil field. And, you know, Oklahoma is an is a energy rich state and the policies, the energy policies of this administration discouraging the use of fossil fuels has impacted Oklahoma, but it's impacted all of the country with these rising energy costs. I mean, two hundred and ten dollars. On average, each family is paying more each month as a result at the pumps as a result of the policies of this administration. Yeah. Due to the policies of this administration, if you take not just at the pump, but overall costs, Oklahomans are paying about $8,000 more a year than what they paid just the year before, just in basic life costs. A lot of that is energy related because if energy prices skyrocket, as they have, they've more than doubled under this administration. If those prices continue to be able to skyrocket, it affects the prices of everything else. And this administration right. was very clear at the beginning. They're right. going to end fossil fuels. So people need to understand this was not just a, a bug. This was the feature. This is what they were trying to do is to raise prices on all energy to try to force people to windmills, force people towards solar, force people towards electric cars by raising the price of everything else. They're getting what they had tried to get, and yeah. people are suffering the consequences of that. Yeah, I mean, not, not to chase this rabbit, but I mean, even going back to the campaign when the uh, the president, now president, uh, Joe Biden, said he wanted to shut down refineries. I mean, nobody they thought right. that was probably another mistake that he didn't really mean to say that. But it's clear that he didn't mean to say that. Now, Senator, I want to switch gears uh, very quickly before we run out of time. I want to talk about this so-called Respect for Marriage Act, which is actually the opposite. Passed the House, 47, shockingly, 47 Republicans uh, voted for it in the House. Now they are hearing from their constituents, and uh, many of them regret it. What's the status in the Senate? Because what this does ratifies the 2015 decision by the court, which, you know, they imposed on the nation. Now you have Congress taking this up and ratifying it. Yeah, it does a couple of things. It not only ratifies that court decision uh, legalizing gay marriage across the country, but it also takes away the Defense of Marriage Act that was passed overwhelmingly years ago in the House and the Senate protecting marriage. It removes that all protections from marriage. And in all likelihood, this bill will then come straight at every nonprofit uh, that believes in traditional marriage, biblical marriages, quite frankly, historic marriages across all of time. Uh, that anyone that believes in that or puts that into their nonprofit will be challenged on their tax policy and will immediately become a target of this federal government. Uh, so there are very serious issues that are related to this. This is not just a we demand recognition. It is a we're going to crush anyone that opposes our belief in gay marriage for any individual that's trying to be able to push this. Uh, so it is something that we do need to pay attention to. It's something I'm actively working with my colleagues 
to be able to say this is the wrong direction to be able to go. Uh, this is currently a settled issue in the country, but for individuals that believe in gay marriage, they, they don't want to take settled issue. They want to take it the next step and then use it as a weapon to others. Well, and that's not a theoretical argument against it. That, that is reality. That's what we've been seeing in the last seven years since the Obergefell decision. And I would say this to some of your colleagues that I've spoken to who say, well, this is settled law. This is no more settled than what Roe was in terms of right. this was the court imposing this on the nation. There's, there's only 32, 33 countries out of 195 that have same-sex marriage today. And America is only one of seven that had it imposed upon it by the court. So this is anything but settled in terms of the implications it has on America. Right. Yeah, the, 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 the settled comment that I make on that is something that actually the court has resolved at this point. The uh, the far left is trying to say, we want to be able to push this the next step and to be able to continue to be able to take it where it has not ever gone before. And we are going to absolutely oppose that, as I've been very clear on my my belief on the Defense of Marriage Act. I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. That's a pretty straightforward thing for me on that. that again, that's not just a biblical concept and a worldview concept, but that's a historic concept as well. Well, and you have been consistent on that from the beginning. So uh, we know that you'll be continuing to lead the effort to defend faith, family, and freedom uh, there on uh, the Senate side of Capitol Hill. Senator James Langford, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. You bet. Great to see you again, Tony. All right. uh, James, a great guy. Uh, I've known him for years since he, uh, you know, he should be a camp director for the Baptist in Oklahoma. All right. uh, On the website, TonyPerkins.com, there is a link where you can communicate with your senators. Unfortunately, they're not all like James, uh, like Senator Langford. Others are leaning toward this because they're fearful of the left. They're fearful of the media. They need to hear from you. So go to TonyPerkins.com under episode resources. You'll see a little button. You can click on it. It'll help you contact your senators. Okay. All right. Don't go away. On the other side of the break, Illinois Congresswoman Mary Miller is here with us. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, We are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. 
Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us on this uh, Wednesday. Pastors, last chance. Uh, Tomorrow we have our Watchman on the Wall Pastors Briefing at Grove Level Baptist Church in Maysville, Georgia. You know, we've just been talking about the attacks on religious freedom. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But you need to know what's going on and how you can help your congregation that you are teaching, you are leading, to do the work of the gospel, to do the work of the ministry that's out there in an increasingly hostile environment. How do you do that? Well, that's part of what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. We'll cover a number of topics. Congressman Jody Heiss will be joining us, Pastor Jeff Appling, who is hosting us, Dr. Andrew Brunson, who was uh, imprisoned in Turkey. He's going to be talking about what he sees on the horizon. Bishop Garland Hunt, Bishop Patrick Wooden, uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, myself, and others will be there. So to find out more, last chance, go to watchmanpastors.org. There's still a few seats available. So check it out. Uh, I'll go to TonyPerkins.com. This week, the Department of Health and Human Services proposed new guidelines. Um, Ostensibly, this is uh, for protections against discrimination that would, in practice, funnel tax dollars for both abortion access and gender reassignment surgeries. It would also torpedo conscience rights of medical workers in the process, forcing them to participate in practices that violate their moral conscience. The proposal aims aims to uh, promote access to what the Biden administration calls gender-affirming medical care, and it also removes the classification of biological sex to refer to men and women. Now, some worry the proposal could even be interpreted to mean that denying access to abortion could be a civil rights violation by discriminating on the basis of sex. I mean, they, they will stop at nothing. Here to discuss this and more, Congresswoman Mary Miller, a member of the House Education and Labor Committee, the House Freedom Caucus, and the Republican Study Committee. She represents the 15th Congressional District of Illinois. Congresswoman Mary Miller, welcome back to the program. Why, thank you for having me. All right, can you provide a little more background on this for our viewers and listeners and let them know what the Biden administration is up to? Well, they're continuing their outrageous, extreme leftist ideology 
um, pushing things through Health and Human Services. So like you say, Monday, they rolled, they announced this new rule, which um, is going to require insurance providers to provide uh, transgender uh, services, which include um, hysterectomies, mastectomies, breast augmentation, hair removal, and a lifetime of cross-sex hormones to people. Um, they're claiming this is going to cause people and our youth to thrive by having access to this and forcing, you know, basically taxpayers and insurance providers to pr- pay for this. Um, it's it's a, it's outrageous. It's abusive. It's not scientific. Um, you know, I had a back and forth with the Health and Human Services Secretary a few weeks ago, and I asked him if uh, chemically castrating a 12-year-old is child abuse, and he refused to answer me. They have no answers. This is not scientific, and I can't believe that we're at this place, that they're forcing this on us. And, And also in light of all the crises in the country, that this is what they're focusing on. They, but to, to their credit, they're focused like a laser on this. They're focused on abortion and transgendering our children. Right. While the economy, uh, you know, tanks, this is what they're focused on. I hope that the American people see that, that they're paying the price for this radical agenda, as you described. Now, one of the things, that, how they're doing this is that they are claiming this is a civil rights issue. And so, therefore, they're using the force of the federal government to to intervene here and they're elevating, I mean, as you just described, they're elevating the ability to provide, to do this experimentation on the bodies of young people to a civil right. rights issue. And where, right. where does this stop? Well, for one thing, they're violating the rights of parents. A lot of these um, transgender surgeries and procedures are being done in opposition to the parents' wishes. Um, so right. that's one thing. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that this is what they're focusing on is scary. I think that there's a real, if you look at a lot of what we're voting on or what they're pushing, it's an attack on life. And these youth are going to perhaps be um, uh, prevented from being able to, um, you know, have children later on in the future. Right. They're being told right. that this is reversible, but definitely it's not reversible. No. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, a new study out, for, uh, actually a, rec- a uh, warning from the FDA that some of these uh, puberty blockers actually are causing some health issues in these young people. We're going to look at that of tomorrow. Of course they are. But the, 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 one of the concerns I have, and I know you share this in, in, and how this agenda has been pushed elsewhere, but when you start to attack the conscience protections of medical workers, meaning that they're going to be forced to do this, these surgeries, they're going yes. to be forced to remove perfectly healthy body parts, right. even forced to participate in abortions. What's going to happen, I think, long term is that young people of deep committed faith are going to have to choose between their faith or serving in the field of medicine and they're yes. going to choose their faith, and that's going to leave a tremendous void of moral foundation in the field mm-hmm. of medicine. Definitely, and um, it could end up being a purge, like the purge that's happening in our military. But I actually know someone that did, um, he he wanted to do OBGYN, but he chose a different field because of the ethics issues and um, freedom of conscience is an important right to defend 
I have to say that I will not vote on these bills that all this SOGI language is tucked into. It's sexual orientation, gender identity. The Democrats are putting it in everything. And it's, yeah. you know, obviously we have laws to protect people. They're already on the books. But these provisions that they're putting in all the bills, it is an attack on freedom of conscience for anybody that doesn't go along with their leftist radical agenda. You're absolutely right. And that is what is so frightening. And that's why people need to realize we, we still have an opportunity to stop it. But it, the, the hour is uh, very late. Congresswoman Mary Miller, always great to see you. Thank you for your leadership you on Capitol Hill. Thank you. All right, folks. Um, again, contact information at TonyPerkins.com. We bring you the men and women that are committed to defending faith, fam, family, and freedom on this program. And they would, I would love for them to hear from you. All right. Coming up, you remember the California teacher that raised uh, concerns about the pronoun preferences and all the other radical stuff at the NEA convention? She was suspended. She joins us to talk about it next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host, and the website is TonyPerkins.com. Let me remind you, coming up September the 14th through the 16th is the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit this year. It's going to be held at First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Great lineup of speakers. It's already filling up. Make sure you get you a seat. Get a seat for you and a few friends. Go to PrayVoteStand.org slash summit 
to, uh, to find out more and to register, go to TonyPerkins.com. Earlier this month, I spoke with a California teacher who wrote about attending the National Education Association's convention and the radical left-wing ideology that was espoused throughout the entire event. He was talking about, you know, all the focus on the pronoun preferences and all that nonsense. Well, three days after speaking out, she received an email from the California Teachers Association executive board saying she had been suspended from attending union conferences for the rest of 2022. Well, joining me now to discuss her suspension and why she won't be silenced is Brenda Lebsack. She is a teacher and former school board member who writes at web, the website Brenda for Kids. Brenda, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So apparently they didn't like your preference on pronouns, but tell us what happened. Well, they, yeah, three days after my article came out um, describing my experience at the NEA convention in July. Um, They sent me an email saying I was suspended um, from attending any more conferences for the year of 2022. Um, Now, I appealed that, and their reason, though, was from a conference I attended in April for the California Teachers Association, and they said it was because I handed out this paper um, at the conference, which is basically facts about the teachers union that they don't want teachers to know, which I just put on my website that says in January 2020, the California Teachers Association said that kids can get puberty blockers and hormone therapy without parent consent or permission. And most teachers don't know that our teachers union is completely taking away parent rights. There's a lot of other facts on here that shows their hypocrisy. So, um, what I did is I appealed, well, that was, that was in early June is when they told me um, from that conference in April. And so I appealed that right away. Um, and then it was after the NEA conference that they said my investigation was complete and they had to suspend me. So, so have you... Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, basically, um, I did. I thought that when they sent this to me in June, I felt that they were trying to prevent me from going to the NEA convention. So I right away um, did a complaint against them and said, if you're going to say that, because the person who did a complaint against me was the LGBT caucus president, um, saying that I was creating an unsafe environment. Um, so, but what happened at that conference in April is I attended his conference, his caucus meeting, and he kicked me out before the meeting started, saying that I'm creating an unsafe environment. Um, and so I put a complaint against him because um, my previous experiences, um, I have heard extreme hate speech from top leadership. I just want to give you an example, and this is what I turned in, um, is that Back in 2015, my first conference with the CTA, the former president, Eric Hines, when he was talking about the Supreme Court case, Friedrich versus CTA, he called the plaintiffs of that Supreme Court case spawns of Satan. Um, I didn't know anything about the court case, so I am part of a Christian educators association. I called the president and said, what is going on about this, this court case? And he said, well, we are part of the plaintiffs. And I said, we were just called the spawn of Satan. 
by the president of the CTA. And he said it again um, in 2016, and that time I reported him, and I have it to this day recorded in my phone. Um, there was another one I attended, a conference in 2016 and 17, where a head lobbyist, I went to him and I said, I used to teach English um, high school in Las Vegas, and I had a very diverse class, and it was a very strong Mormon community. And one of the Mormon students during our discussion said, I believe that um, marriage is between a man and a woman and gender is God ordained. So I asked the lobbyist, how should have I responded to that student in order to respect the diversity of my students? And he said to me, you should treat that student as though he said, black people should be burned at the stake. And I was shocked. Um, so I asked some other teachers to start joining me at these conferences to hear this hate speech. And we did go in and, and they heard it for themselves. Um, and other the LGBT caucus president in 2016, 17 agreed with um, the lobbyists and said, yes, um, that is true. And so I was just trying to combat, you know, they're trying to say that I am creating an unsafe environment because I'm trying to expose these things when actually it's just the opposite. Well, it is unsafe for their ideology to be exposed. Uh, and that's exactly what you're doing, because people, as they see it, they'll realize what's happening in public education, and it's being driven by these unions. But fortunately, Brenda, there are others like you, and I pray that there will be more that will stand up and expose the darkness of what's happening, because so many of our children are in public education. I'd prefer they not be, but they are. And we need more teachers with conviction more Christians to enter into that arena to help those children see the light. Brenda, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today. And I hope you get a rebate on those uh, union dues. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, take care. All right, folks, on the other side of the break, monkeypox. That outbreak has the Biden administration pondering a monkeypox czar, as well as $7 billion to combat it. Is there something more behind this? We talk about it next year on Washington Watch. Don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. 
Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Again, mark your calendar, September the 14th through the 16th, Pray Vote Stand Summit in Atlanta, Georgia, First Baptist Church. To find out more, go to PrayVoteStand.org slash summit. New data published yesterday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention report a total of 3,591 total confirmed cases of monkeypox in the United States. Now, that puts America at number two in the number of cases among countries around the world. Worldwide, there are a total of 19,188 confirmed cases in 76 different countries. With the U.S. reporting one of the highest levels of monkeypox in the world, the White House is bracing for more cases and is reportedly estimating that $7 billion may be needed to mount a response to the outbreak which, by the way, as we talked about earlier in this week, uh, has been uh, overwhelmingly limited to spread uh, the spread among men who have sex with men, 98%, according to the New England Journal of Medicine. And 95% of the spread has been through sexual contact. Now, what might we expect in the coming weeks and months? And is there more behind this than what meets the eye? With me now to talk about this is Dr. Robert Malone. He's the Chief Medical and Regulatory Officer for the Unity Project and an internationally recognized physician scientist who specializes in advanced development of medical countermeasures to infectious diseases. Dr. Malone, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you very much for the opportunity to spend this time with yourself and with your audience. So before I jump into the to the monkeypox uh, discussion, I, I, I want to I think it's related. I, I want to go to something that uh, Dr. Fauci uh, had to say yesterday, Mr. Science, uh, talking about if he had it to do over again, uh, he would have been uh, a lot more strenuous in his recommendations. I'm going to play a clip uh, from him. If uh, you'll play clip number seven, please. Had we known that then the insidious nature of spread in the community would have been much more of an alarm and there would have been much, much more stringent 
uh, restrictions in the sense of very, very heavy encouraging people to wear masks, physical distancing or what have you. I mean, usually we hear that, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but it looks like his vision's a bit impaired. We're in the middle of a very large scale coordinated historical revisionism movement at, at this point in time uh, with Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci leading this. There's a number of examples illustrating this. What we've learned from Dr. Burks's book, together with Scott Atlas's book, is that Dr. Burks and, by extension, Dr. Fauci assimilated propaganda that was pushed at us by the CCP. This is undeniable. They essentially functioned, whether knowingly or not, as agents of the CCP in advancing these harsh measures which basically shut down not only the United States, but the global Western economy. The uh, force of these two characters and the intelligence community people behind them was such that, and we've documented this now, the World Health Organization flip-flopped on a number of their recommendations in response to the pressure. It may also be that there was pressure applied by Mr. Gates and his foundation. But it is unequivocally clear that masks do not work. I'll give you just a simple reason why these paper masks that are designed for protecting you from things like sawdust don't work for the virus. Very simple. And we don't have to argue about particle sizes. There are three places that you get infected, your mouth, your nose, and your eyes. And I don't recall seeing a paper mask that covers your eyes. This whole masking and lockdown is is been clearly demonstrated to be massively harmful for our population, for our economics, and for our children without any benefit uh, forthcoming. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks are actively trying to displace this growing failure of the narrative that overwhelmingly was triggered by. Mr. Biden's infection, uh, in trying to push back against the truth, which we all know, which is the vaccines are not working. They're not protecting mm -hmm. from infection, disease, and spread. Matter of fact, they make the spread worse. Um, the people that are getting infected the most and having the most problem with hospitalization and death are the highly inoculated. And the policies that these characters have pushed on the American people have been a colossal failure. And of course, this is all coming to a head next November with the election. Right. I don't want to get too far down this because I want to make sure we get to the monkeypox, but you talked about they were pushing the narrative of the Chinese Communist Party. What was the motive of the CCP? Can you speak to that? Yeah, there are some good books out now that document that this was a successful propaganda effort by the CCP. The uh, mass graves, the deaths on the street, the rapid build of the hospital, that was all propaganda. This has been proven by our intelligence community and still not accepted by Dr. Burks. It appears that the agenda was to damage the Western economies and to cause fissures within Western populations. 
And if that's the case, it was enormously successful. Yeah, uh, no question about that. Okay, the monkeypox um, in the bridge here is you talked about the narrative that was being pushed, but there was someone who carried the narrative of Dr. Fauci and, by extension, the CCP, and that was the media. I mean, the media played on the fear of the American people, making them into sheep to be moved around by the political class. I, I have to say, I'm beginning to see the same thing with this monkeypox. Even though it's limited and it's isolated in a particular community, you would think that, uh, you know, this thing's going to jump on you next time you get on an airplane. There's no question that we're experiencing another bout of uh, the term, I didn't invent it, called uh, fear porn. This manipulation of public perception, this intentional weaponization of fear against us, it is a business model for the corporate media. It also supports various agendas having to do with the economic situation we're in right now and the administrative state. Fear is actively weaponized against us, as Matthias Desmet spoke about in this seminal volume uh, called The Psychology of Totalitarianism, which is the basis for those few words that I said on Joe Rogan that caused both Silicon Valley and corporate media to completely lose their cookies, which was mass formation psychosis. We have intentional propaganda involving repeated weaponization of fear relating to public health and infectious disease, and it is being used to manipulate us as a population. Okay. Dr. Malone, now let's look at, I mean, you, you've studied this. I read uh, some of the papers that you've written on this. Take us back. Where, where did this monkeypox come from? How is it evolving, and what is the risk to the general population in America? Monkeypox is a misnomer. It's not just in monkeys. It's in a variety of species, largely in Africa. It was first detected in a non-human primate colony, hence the name. It's indigenous throughout Central Africa. We've had a prior outbreak of monkeypox here in the United States, which was brought over by a rodent that people brought in for pets and infected prairie dogs. <clears throat> Monkeypox is widely endemic in Africa, and it is related to smallpox, but it is completely different. It is not smallpox. Early on, we saw the weaponization of this in outlets like CNN that actually used smallpox pictures in lieu at, and presented them to the public as monkeypox. We had a planning session, a strategic analysis section session performed in Germany almost precisely a year before the outbreak of this, quote, new monkeypox, which is of the lesser of the two variants circulating in Africa in terms of their threat uh, um, to health and, and life. The uh, version that is circulating now appears, according to Portuguese team sequencing, to have a, an unusual number of mutations, giving rise to speculation there could have been some genetic manipulation. Oddly, this is all tracked back to literally the largest gay rave event 
in the planet in the Canary Islands that occurred a few months ago. And it's no surprise when you have tens of thousands of individuals in a rave environment like that, when a virus such as this enters that population, that it would be rapidly distributed globally. The global distribution largely reflects the distribution of individuals that attended that gay rave event in the Canary Islands. This is all understandable. It can easily be contained with contact tracing. And we've seen this odd behavior on the part of Mr. Tedros at the World Health Organization, where he overruled his own advisory group who had voted six uh, in favor and nine against calling this a public health emergency. But he unilaterally said he had to break the tie of six to nine and declared this a public health emergency. The evidence is fairly strong but circumstantial that there is a third party somewhere in the back here that's influencing all this. And there's no question that there are some uh, commercial biodefense corporations that stand to make massive amounts of money here. The leading character in that is Emergent Biosystems, which was also the company that made the greatest profit from the anthrax attacks against the United States in 01. So, Dr. Malone, now correct me if I'm wrong, but what I just, what I think I heard you just say is that the sequencing of this virus would suggest that it was manipulated, and being that it, the outbreak was in this particular uh, engineered, I should say, uh, gain of function, however you want to describe it, and that it was released in this population of this rave, this gay rave, so that it could then be quickly distributed. So this could have been an intentional uh, initiative by someone, by a third party? Yeah, I'm choosing my words carefully, and thank you for that last statement you said could have been. That's correct. The These viruses, these pox viruses, typically evolve very slowly. They're double-stranded DNA viruses, unlike the single-stranded coronavirus. They evolve very slowly. It is very odd that this large number of mutations was detected by the Portuguese group that first did the sequence analysis. Um, it suggests one of two things, that there was manipulation or that this version was circulating for a longer period of time undetected in some subset population, for instance, in Africa. So that we cannot definitively say what transpired here. I can say as an expert in this area, and I'm sure my colleagues would back me up in the intelligence community and otherwise, that if one wished to intentionally release a pathogen, having engaged in planning about the release of such a pathogen a year almost precisely ago, pretty much the perfect venue for doing so would be this massive global gay rave event that occurred in the Canary Islands. Now, my friend Steve Bannon always says there are no circumstances, you know, no coincidences, uh, in, particularly in politics. We cannot conclude that there was an intentional, we could call it inoculation release or whatever. Somehow, mm -hmm. this virus with these characteristics ended up in what was almost precisely the best uh, cohort, the best opportunity for global distribution 
that one could have imagined if there was an intentional effort to release this for whatever reason. Okay. That's what I thought you said. All right, Dr. Malone, almost out of time. I want to ask you this question now. As the, the administration's ra- ramping up uh, a monkeypox czar, $7 billion possibly request from Congress, how, uh, now that this thing is here, uh, we see this uh, number two, United States number two in the number of cases, how much at risk is the general population? So far, as I said earlier, the New, New England Journal of Medicine, 95% of the cases transmitted through sexual contact. Is that going to remain the same, or is this something that could become airborne? The uh, risk of airborne transmission of pox viruses is always in the threat scenario and has never manifested. We've never had that problem in the past. It's highly unlikely that this thing goes aerosol. The best reporter that I've seen in this is Helen Branswell of Stat News. She's got it right all the way through, including the low risk of aerosol transmission. I recommend her pieces in Stat News for your readership. If you want to get the real science, biology, and medicine behind this, Uh, the um, probability that this moves outside of this high-risk population is low. It is certain Mm -hmm. behaviors that we're being gentle about speaking concerning uh, that is transmitting this. There are now, I believe, three children who have become infected, and I believe that every single one of them is associated with close contact with individuals of this particular uh, persuasion or cohort. Dr. Mullen, we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time. Fascinating conversation. I'm sure we will follow back up. Thanks so much for joining us. And, And folks, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And until next time, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 